And you're on right now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. Streaming live on iHeartRadio. Available on demand on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, and Spotify. Follow me on Twitter at RightNowJimDawes. Shoot me an email at RightNowJimDawes at gmail.com. The voicemail is 772-245-0750. That's 772-245-0750. Well, 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 we got a bunch of impeachment news, and we're going to get to all of that. Uh, they're, you know, the get Donald Trump, the, the roadrunner and Wiley Coyote in the House of Representatives going through their ACME manual, trying to figure out at long last how to catch uh, the roadrunner of Donald Trump. And we're going to get to uh, old Joe Biden's efforts to try to rally his campaign and take the heat off of himself and put it back on Donald Trump. But just in the interest of uh, trying to maintain our sanity, I thought it would be a good idea if maybe we ventured back into the realm of sports talk uh i am uh from atlanta georgia i'm not living there any longer but uh, i was i was raised there and uh did my career in the fire service in atlanta and i know a little bit about atlanta sports i know that atlanta is historically known as losersville usa and um and they have richly earned that moniker now there was a time in the late 80s and early 90s where uh, the Atlanta Braves actually under the leadership of Bobby Cox and with the one of the best uh, pitching staffs ever assembled with Smoltz and Maddox and Glavin and um, and others that, uh, you know, they, they almost always made it uh, to the uh, championship game and I think they won one World Series there against the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates, when the slowest man in baseball, Sid Bream, came chugging around the bases and beat the throw to home. Um, I think it was Mike Piazza that uh, that missed the tag. But uh, that, that was the um, halcyon days for Atlanta sports, and uh, we have since returned to our uh, Losersville USA ways, and last night was uh, yet another milestone in the uh, the epic uh, failures of Atlanta sports, when with the series tied two games to two and returning home, the Braves gave up ten runs in the first inning to set a record, yet another record of historic collapses, and allowed the uh, St. Louis Cardinals to go on to a twelve to one. Win the uh, the Cardinals could have saved the Braves all of that humiliation and just stopped at uh, at two runs because that was all it took to win. But never before in the history of the postseason has uh, has a team given up that many runs in one inning, and this was in the very first inning. So, you know, I uh, I learned my lesson long ago to stop paying attention to Atlanta sports, but every now and then I get drugged back into it. 
And I had been uh, just watching college baseball, which is, I find, much more entertaining. Um, but I, I allowed myself to switch over there because the Braves were trying to get into the the uh, the championship game and uh, or the division championship and um <laughs> just like always uh the the Atlanta sports teams break your heart the last time i allowed myself to get sucked back into this was a couple of years ago when the Bra- and when the Atlanta Falcons were playing in the Super Bowl against the New England Patriots and were leading the game i think by 24 points going into the second half and i was at a party Everybody was telling me, wow, Atlanta Falcons are finally breaking through. This is, uh, this is unprecedented. They're sure to win this game. And I told them, I said, you just don't understand. Just hide and watch what happens. And uh, yes, indeed, we had another historic collapse. And the, uh, the Patriots came roaring back and beat, held uh, held the Falcons to zero points in the second half and came back to win that game. I should at some point in my life, uh, learn the lesson and never investing myself in any, any sort of Atlanta sports. The Dodgers also collapsed last night. I think they went into the 10th inning tied three to three against the Washington nationals. Uh, when they put their Cy Young award winning ace pitcher, um, Kershaw on the mound who promptly gave up a grand slam home run. <laughs> oh my gosh. So that's what, at least that's what everybody's talking about. Uh, you know, because Washington and LA are much more influential in the media scene. It's sort of taken the spotlight off of the Braves historic collapse. Uh, but when will I learn my lesson? Also on the sports field, we've got this continuing um, controversy. Well, the NBA has uh, kowtowed to the Chinese dictators, um, their masters in Beijing. And um, China is, uh, is over there tear- tearing down NBA billboards and, uh, and uh, reneging on broadcast deals that they had signed with the NBA to try to teach them a lesson for having dared to have one of their employees, the general manager of the Houston Rockets, make a tweet in support of the Hong Kong freedom movement. Adam Silver has come out and, uh, and, and uh, uh, man, that guy looks like something right out of a Boris Karloff movie. That is one scary looking dude. It's hard for me to believe that that's the face that the NBA wants to put on their league, but uh, there he was saying that he believes in uh, free speech, but free speech has its consequences. And, of course, this followed uh, a a letter that uh, the NBA had sent to China apologizing, promising never to do it again. And, um, you know, this, this is bringing a light this, you know, this is actually a good thing because it's, it's making people realize just how influential the, uh, the, uh, Chinese dictatorship has become in being able to reach into the United States and censor free speech. 
we saw a lot of it uh, in Hollywood where, you know, uh, China has become a larger market for American movies than the American market. And China, as a result, is, uh, is being able to censor and say what is and is not allowed in those movies. Now, you know, Hollywood was uh, a real um, uh, dedicated to the precepts of free speech in the United States. But when it came to accessing that, uh, that huge market of a billion uh, Chinese moviegoers, they suddenly lost their voice. You remember back when old um, when the uh, free Tibet movement was uh, was big in uh, in Hollywood. All of the stars out there—I can't remember the name of the one in particular that was carrying the banner most vocally—but uh, they were all about free Tibet. You don't hear anything about Tibet anymore. China hasn't. Uh, freed Tibet. They haven't uh, left Tibet. They're in the, the process of ethnically cleansing Tibet. But China, but uh, Hollywood has nothing more to say about it. And the tech sector, you know, Apple always uh, uh, tried to portray itself as a, a real strong believer in, uh, in the First Amendment and, and the freedom of speech on the internet those that was then and this is now and apple has just removed an application from its apple store that allowed the uh, hong kong freedom movement to uh, track the police over there at the pressure or you know at the uh, insistence of their masters in beijing But the NBA is, you know, the most stark example of it and really the most embarrassing because these are the people that are supposed to be the most woke. These are the, the, uh, the multimillionaires that have been lecturing us for, oh, I can't tell how many years on how they're oppressed and, and how this is a terrible uh, nation and, um, you know, especially in the age of Donald Trump, how, um, how this is, you know, the United States is just... Um, uh, a oppressive nation. Now, when China is actually determining what they can and cannot say, they have nothing to say about it. And uh, and Popovich and Kerr are two of the more pathetic figures in all of this. I played you a clip. I guess it was on uh, yesterday's show, day before yesterday's show with Kerr just entirely losing his spine, unwilling to say anything that could be construed as uh, anything other than deferential to the dictators in Beijing. And now we've got Popovich, who is coming out in support of Adam Silver's uh, mealy-mouthed statement that basically threw his, uh, his general manager in Houston under the bus. I'm, I'm thrilled with, with what he said. And as I said, the courage and leadership displayed is you know, off the charts by comparison. And, you know, we've all talked about or heard about all the questions that all the talking heads have and everybody for the last three years. What kind of country do we want to be? Who are we? Where do we want to go? That sort of thing. Uh, Adam said something that helps you understand what direction you need to go in. Uh, rather than the cowardice of 
not been able to respond to something like the murder of a Mr. Khashoggi. And there are many, many incidents like that where it's leadership and courage mean nothing. What is he talking about? Adam Silver basically said, yes, we have freedom of speech, but we have to be very uh, careful about what we say. And Popovich comes out and acts like that is some sort of uh, a declaration of independence of the NBA and then turns right around and starts smearing the United States and this president again, talking about, oh, we can't criticize the murder of Mr. Khashoggi. Mr. Khashoggi was a... Um, a public relations um, shill pretending to be a journalist in the employee of the Washington Post on behalf of the terrorist organization, the Muslim Brotherhood. Popovich is either badly misinformed or he is just an outright Marxist himself. Jason Whitlock, who has become one of the most interesting commentators in the uh, in the area of sports, uh, called out the NBA and told everybody just exactly what's going on here. No, no, it's really about Nike, and yeah. Nike is the king of basketball. Nike's a thirty and forty billion dollar a year business. The NBA is an eight billion dollar a year business. The NBA answers to Nike, and Nike answers to China. The NBA answers to Nike and Nike answers to China. And they are not an American company in the sense that they support and defend American values. They are a multinational globalist uh, enterprise. And if they have to kowtow to the uh, dictators in Beijing, that's exactly what they will do. So all of this preening and posturing where they've been trying to label the rest of us as deplorable and somehow morally deficient. All of that's been exposed now. And it's not just the NBA, it's Hollywood, it's the tech sector, and it's a lot of our our big multinational corporations as well. They will sell us out. And I I would just say, you know, if you want to be a Chinese company, pick up and move to China. See how that works out for you, because we don't need you. I can't remember the last time I watched an NBA game. It's not interesting to me in the least. The game is uh, is uh, you know not a team sport any longer. Each team has you know um, one or two stars that they try to showcase. And the rest of them, uh, you know, stand around, pass them the ball, and and um, and see how many points they can score. It's not a it's not an interesting team sport any longer. They're not allowed to play hard nosed basketball down in the post any longer. It's a boring product played by a spoiled, self uh, aggrandizing, morally uh, bankrupt. Punks, that's what they are. Not all of them, but the ones that are refusing to speak out right now in support of free speech. They're punks. They're hypocritical punks. Geraldo Rivera, Rivera that uh, has something interesting to say every now and then, commented uh, about this whole topic. 
Uh, here you have this woke, uh, you know, NBA. They won't go to the White House. They join forces with the uh, the activists in the NFL, uh, and 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 here they are faced with a totalitarian government, a communist government repressing, uh, you know, a, a, a movement to get more civil rights by the people of Hong Kong. Uh, it's so China silence. Why? Because a billion people in a new market. Uh, NBA expanding, the whole future of the NBA, m money for every athlete, uh, money for every franchise. Uh, you know, so they keep their mouth shut when mm. it comes to China. They keep their mouth shut and they kowtow. And Donald Trump weighed in on all of this, too. I watch uh, this guy, Steve Kern. He was like a little boy. He was so scared to be even answering the question. He couldn't answer the question. And he'd, he'll talk about the United States very badly. I watched Popovich, sort of the same thing, but he didn't look quite as scared, actually. But they talk badly about the United States, but when it talks about China, they don't want to say anything bad. I thought it was pretty sad, actually. They have to work out their own situation. I watched the way that, like, Kerr, Popovich, and some of the others were pandering to China, and yet to our own country, they don't, it's like they don't respect it. They've been, they've been caught out. They've been shown to be what they are just uh, just you know when there's no price to pay when there's no risk to take they'll step forward and criticize their own country but if you have to step up and speak truth to uh to a repressive communist regime that can make you pay a price then they suddenly lose their voice and in the case of Pop Popovich he turned right around and pointed the finger back at the United States we got to run out to a break. When we come back, we're going to catch up on the latest impeachment drama. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Mojo. Does your current bathroom need to be updated immediately? Introducing One Day Bath and Shower Remodeling. The complete and hassle-free way to get the new bathroom of your dreams in as little as one day. And for as little as $1.99 a month. Yes, the experts at One Day Bath and Shower Remodeling will come to you anywhere in the country and show you all the customized options. Now you can have a brand new bathroom in as little as one day. Large or small bathrooms, if you want a new bathtub or shower installed, we can do it in as little as one day. And if you call right now, you can save $750 off your remodel. We make it easy by offering you financing as low as $199 per month. Call now to schedule your free in-home consultation. 800-693-3152. 800-693-3152. That's 800-693-3152. Mojo. Well, ever since old Bill Barr took the reins at the Department of Justice, uh, the the never Trumpers that have burrowed into the Southern District of New York, the District Attorney's Office in the Southern District of New York, have uh, sort of been quiet. Um, you know, they were the ones that uh, that got Michael Cohen to plead to a campaign finance violation, which was not against the law they got him to plead guilty to something that was not against the law and they did that in order to smear donald trump they're the ones that um 
you know, did the no-knock warrant uh, against Michael Cohen and grabbed all of his uh, records hoping to get something on the president. And, uh, and it's just a, a nest of anti-Trump vipers. Well, now that um, Nancy and Adam Schiff and, um, and Jerry Nadler have started their impeachment kabuki theater, the, uh, the never-Trumpers in the Southern District of New York are back at it. And their latest little gambit is they have, uh, from the Southern District of New York, where none of this took place, they have issued a, a warrant to arrest two associates of Rudy Giuliani on some sort of campaign finance violation. Now, these guys do business out of Miami. Um, neither of them live in New York. Neither of them have businesses in New York. But the Southern District of New York has issued this warrant for these, uh, for these two associates uh, that have worked with Rudy Giuliani. Both of them are... Um, born in the former Soviet Union, one's a Ukrainian and I think the other's a, from Belarus, um, to try to get to the bottom of Joe Biden and Hunter Biden's corruption in the Ukraine. This is a, uh, a clip off of Fox News. There is new court action on the Ukraine controversy here in the U.S. Two foreign-born men who helped Rudy Giuliani investigate Joe Biden are now under arrest. They're facing Ooh, criminal shit. charges of <laughs> some sort of violating campaign finance rules. The two men who live in Florida are expected to appear in federal court in Virginia later today, so we're watching that. We don't know the exact nature of the charges, but uh, the nationalities of the two men, apparently they live in former, where they were born, and they are from former Soviet republics. So that Southern District of New York is something. Uh, they, they can reach out and issue arrest warrants for people that uh, are outside of their jurisdiction, and they can also reach into Washington, D.C., take over the case, the, the um, cases violating the Foreign Agents Registration Act of Tony Podesta and Vin Weber, pull it into New York, and then decide not to prosecute. And all of this, oddly enough, oddly enough, comes right on the heels of uh, some new reporting that's coming out of a member of the Ukraine where a former member, no, actually, I guess he's an actual current member of parliament, is saying that not only did Hunter Biden get $3 million um, based on his influence with his father, but Joe Biden himself received over $900,000 for lobbying fees. It's a member of parliament in the Ukraine who says he has evidence that Joe Biden received 900000 in lobbying firms. From this is Jill McInerney, I should, or uh, Kaylee McInerney. I should have set that up better. Parliament in the Ukraine who says he has evidence that Joe Biden received 900000 in lobbying firms from, uh, lobbying funds from Burisma. That needs to be looked into. Uh, look, you know, we have proof of one thing, that China and Ukraine were throwing buckets of money at Hunter Biden. I certainly don't believe Hunter Biden was some sort of indispensable talent. I don't think the rest of the nation does. So we've got to ask those questions. And every day, Steve, we learn more facts. And those facts exonerate President Trump and incriminate Joe Biden. And Joe Biden is desperate to take the spotlight off of himself uh, because his poll numbers are dropping like a rock because people know that there are more shoes to drop here. Where there's smoke, there's usually fire. So Joe Biden's, um, you know, his strategy is to go on offense and throw in with Nancy. Preserve our Constitution 
our democracy, our basic integrity, he should be impeached. Oh, yeah. Oh, Joe's coming out for impeachment now. He's feeling the heat. He's dropping in the polls. His corruption's being uncovered. And now we have a member of the Ukrainian parliament that's actually saying that not only did uh, they direct millions of dollars to his crooked son, but Joe Biden was on the take as well. We're going to run out to a break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about the impeachment frenzy in Washington and the Democrat campaign, how it's shaping up. Stick with us. We'll be right back on the Mojo 5.0 Radio Network. As you make plans this season, consider convenient COVID-19 testing from Quest. Get the same test hospitals use without a doctor visit. Simply order online, select from drive through or at-home options, and get the results sent securely to your phone or computer. It's a great fit for your busy life. With over 20 million COVID-19 tests processed, you can count on Quest. So order your test today at questcovid19.com. That's questcovid19.com. Haverty's Furniture is here to help you get your home all set for the new year so you can set the stage with more style, set the bar more beautifully, and set a more show-stopping table. Let's set some time aside to settle in on a new sofa together because being at home shouldn't mean having to settle for less. And Haverty's Furniture can help you start the new year off right at their holiday savings event so you can create the perfect setting. And right now, everything's on sale store-wide. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 5 Radio Network, your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an America First perspective. So, old Joe Biden saying to preserve the integrity of the American institution, we have to impeach Donald Trump. You're doing that on the same day that a member of the Ukrainian uh, parliament is stating that he, in fact, personally took over $900,000 from Burisma. I think that is in uh, since he left office that has been funneled to him through a lobbying firm, according to the, the reporting. We'll have more on that tomorrow. I want to play this uh, short clip from Joe Biden for you again. Preserve our Constitution, our democracy, our basic integrity. He should be impeached. So to preserve our Constitution, in other words, calling for an investigation into Joe and Hunter Biden as a threat to our Constitution, not Nancy Pelosi, uh, ignoring the requirements in the Constitution to proceed with an impeachment, not Joe Biden using um, you know, his official position to enrich himself and his family. No, Donald Trump is the problem, the guy that is working without a salary, that is addressing some of these long-festering problems that the ruling class in Washington, D.C. have, have uh allowed 
to uh, to met- metastasize and just wreak havoc on middle America, these disastrous trade deals, these open borders, these endless wars for no national interest. But we have to get rid of this guy so we can get back to business as usual in Washington, D.C., where we've got this revolving door of corrupt politicians, Democrats, and Republicans. And when one group is voted out, the other group comes in and uh, and they just uh, do their revolving door two-step of corruption at America's uh, expense again and again and again. They have ginned up a, a bogus case against Donald Trump. Now, Donald Trump is... Uh, He's not a polished politician. He's not uh, very good um, strategically, I would argue. But there's no reason to believe that he has violated his oath of office. All he did was ask the current Ukrainian president, could you get to the bottom of what went on in the Ukraine in the aftermath of the 2014 coup and during the 2016 election And for that, the Democrats are trying to impeach him. And now, old Joe Biden, who is neck deep in all of this corruption, is uh, is joining the chorus. Kaylee McInerney was uh, on Fox and called it for what it is. Those are the words of a desperate man. Those are the words of a man who's falling. Elizabeth Warren has taken the lead in the polls, but not just desperation on that front. Desperate to distract from the wrongdoing of Joe and Hunter Biden. Uh, the focus is on quid pro Joe. Uh, he's feeling the heat, and you can tell by that desperate sound. Oh, bite. quid pro Joe. That is a excellent moniker that Joe Biden can take uh, through the rest of this primary season. I have no illusions that he's actually going to be the Democrat presidential candidate. He's far uh, too out of step with the cultural Marxists that run that party now and who are going to, uh, during the primaries, pick their nominee. It's probably going to be old Lizzie Warren, um, maybe even uh, Buttigieg at this point. I think it's probably going to be uh, Lizzie Warren, but you know, as uh, we move forward, we, we've seen that most of her uh, personal biography is fictitious. And I, I just wonder how much more of this is going to come out in the coming months. Uh, the, the top of the second tier of Democrat candidates is Pete Buttigieg. And, um, and he's collecting a lot of money. He, uh, you know, he represents a community that is uh, pretty well off, and they are contributing mightily to his campaign and to give him his due he is well spoken uh now when you deconstruct what he's actually saying it's all a bunch of bs but he uh he says it well much better than than old joe biden can and you know uh, i think this newer generation of uh, journalists forget or you know weren't around to realize Joe Biden at this point is a three-time loser. He's just not a good candidate. He was elected again and again to the Senate from uh, from Delaware because he was perfectly willing to sell out his office to the uh, corporate interests that are headquartered um, in Delaware. But as far as a national candidate for president, 
I don't think he ever got over five or six percent during his two previous runs. Now he's got Simone Sanders of all people heading up his campaign. She is the um, the CNN commentator that sort of looks like a Neanderthal. Um, she had worked for uh, Bernie Sanders in 2016, and now um, <laughs> after initially just hammering Biden on Bernie's behalf. She has, uh, she has taken charge of his campaign. She is well-spoken. Once again, you know, a, a well-spoken fool. But um, she, uh, she took to CNN, her old uh, stomping ground, where she, you know, made a pretty good living calling each and every, every uh, conservative that uh, dared appear over there a, a racist. And, uh, and she, uh, you know, did her job defending old Joe. And if you add up those that say they are extremely very or somewhat concerned about those dealings, that's 62% of Americans. So what do you make of that? And how will the campaign counter that with facts? Uh, what I make of that is that the lies and the smears that the Trump campaign, the administration, Donald Trump himself, his henchman, Rudy Giuliani, have been putting out there in the atmosphere, um, they're, they're muddying the waters a little bit, which is why our campaign has been extremely aggressive on beating this back. Look, these are, I want to be very clear with folks, these are lies. These aren't just allegations. These are lies. There is no truth to what Rudy Giuliani and Donald Trump are saying. There is no there there. Vice President Biden was acting on behalf of not just the United States government with the full confidence of then President Obama, but also uh, the EU, the IMF, the entirety of the I West. You reformers and, and, in and all of the other governments that are unduly influenced by George Soros, who is also neck deep in the uh, uh, culture of corruption after the the uh, coup d'état in Ukraine. Oh yeah, Joe was just acting on behalf of the rest of the corrupt governments in Europe. And, you know, even if, and it, it sort of drives you crazy that nobody still has asked Joe Biden if he was aware that the prosecutor that he demanded be fired was investigating the son that was paying, or the uh, company that was paying his son $3 million to sit on their board and meet twice a year. He was paid, everybody's running around saying it's $50,000. It's not $50,000. It was at least $83,000 per month that his company was taking in for meeting twice a year. And we all know why he was there, and we all know why the Bank of China threw $1.5 billion at his wealth management firm that had no qualifications whatsoever. Simone Sanders can say it's all a lie, she, all she wants to, but the facts in record that we know are facts are bad enough to disqualify him. And now it looks like it's going to go much deeper because he may have uh, taken a almost a million dollars from the Ukraine himself. And, uh, and the, the Democrats in the house, are proceeding with this impeachment uh, uh, fiasco totally extra-constitutional. 
The Constitution, as I said on yesterday's show, requires that uh, any impeachment proceedings be conducted by the House of Representatives, not by the Speaker of the House, not by the Democrat caucus in the House, by the House of Representatives. And that means they have to take a vote so that the House expresses its will. And at this point, um, a motion to proceed with an impeachment inquiry has been voted on twice in the House of Representatives. I think the most it ever received out of that body was 95 votes. So the House is actually on record against impeachment. And yet Nancy Pelosi, with her her um, wild-eyed committee chairman and chairwoman, in the case of Mad Maxine Waters, are proceeding on their own and demanding people uh, show up to testify and produce documents And if they don't, they're going to be accused of perjury. I mean, obstruction, not perjury, uh, accused of obstruction and held in contempt. And there's an article in the New York Times today by some left-wing lunatic saying that uh, if Donald Trump wants to play hardball and refuse to go along with our uh, impeachment charade, then we got to play hardball too. They need to send the sergeant-at-arms out to end. Uh, arrest Rudy Giuliani. Hold him in contempt and arrest him and and build a cell in the house to hold him. And we're going to arrest others too. <laughs> I'd like to see that happen. Go out and arrest somebody for contempt of Congress for refusing to cooperate with these sham proceedings. I'd like to I'd like to see whether or not the executive branch would uh, would think that that was uh, a, a violation of somebody's um, civil rights. They think they've got old uh, Trump on the run because of this uh, this situation of withdrawing fifty American troops that were stationed in northern Syria to act as a tripwire to keep uh, the, uh, the Turkish forces from coming in. And now all of the, uh, the official establishment in Washington is rallying around the Kurds. They're our allies. We can't abandon them. Well, they're only our allies in the sense that, uh, you know, they were able to use us to advance their own cause. And you're getting a lot of reporting out of the New York Times and the Washington Post that is propaganda that is saying that Turkey is going to, you know, uh, invade uh, Syria and uh, and annihilate the Kurds. What Turkey is doing is trying to impose the status quo before the neocons destabilized uh, the Syrian government by backing this uh, this rebel group that have its own problems with terrorism and and human rights abuses. And all of this allowed ISIS, you know, to get a foothold in uh, Syria and establish its caliphate. And finally, we had to come in with massive air power and and basically level Aleppo and uh, uh, these other areas where the ISIS... uh, was uh, was establishing its caliphate, and the Kurds did help. But there's no indication, really, 
at this point anyway, that Turkey has any designs on pushing further into Syria uh, than the uh, buffer zone that they had previously. And that is because the Kurds, the PKK in particular, was using uh, you know Syria as a staging base to attack their historic enemy of Turkey. So Erdogan is uh, is saying that they're going to reestablish a buffer zone, you know, right inside the a uh, few miles inside the border of Syria. And if they do that, they will probably end up taking uh, custody of about ten thousand ISIS fighters and their family. I'm glad of that. I do not want the United States responsible for uh, feeding and housing um, these these terrorists for the rest of their lives, and I don't think Turkey is going to be much interested in that either. I think Turkey is going to take care of, of terrorists like Turkey takes care of terrorists, and uh, and we are well shed of that uh, that responsibility. We're going to run out to a break. When we come back, we're going to hear the latest of um, this uh, this whistleblower, so-called whistleblower, uh, right after these messages. Mojo. Attention, those of you looking to go on a fun vacation and see the world on the cheap. Today, the U.S. dollar is worth even more in other countries, so there's never been a better time to travel outside the USA. The dollar is worth over $1.30 in Canadian dollars, and it's the same for Australia. You can fly there today and have fun and maximize your travel dollar. Your U.S. dollar is worth over $3 in Brazilian reals, and it's worth over $18 in Mexican pesos. Plus, in Argentina, it's worth over $27 in Argentine pesos. Just think of the bargains you'll get. And the way you get the cheapest airfare to any destination is by calling Tickets That Cheap. Save up to 75% on your foreign vacation tickets. Don't wait. Call now. 800-932-1596. 800-932-1596. 800-932-1596. That's 800-932-1596. Oh, no. Well, there's an article in the New York Post, which is uh, the alternate uh, newspaper that most of the uh, working class in New York City that live out in Queens and Staten Island read. And they're pointing out that uh, they have no doubt that the New York Times, which is really a national paper at this point, uh, knows exactly who this so-called whistleblower is because they're um, they're identifying uh, or they're publishing identifying information including their gender and uh, and you know uh, who they worked for and and several other identifying informations and and the post is making the case that the times has a journalistic duty to um, to name this whistleblower so that the country can adequately evaluate whether or not they you know they should be taken uh, seriously and uh, really the subtext to that whole argument is that you know that the whistleblower is highly conflicted because the Times is protecting his anonymity. 
Now, this is not, or at least not that we know of, a leaker to the New York Times. The New York Times is obligated to protect their identity. This is a uh, someone that is using the whistleblower protections at the uh, in the federal government to make unfounded um, secondhand accusations against the president of the United States and hide, hiding behind those protections to keep their identity secret. If the New York Times knows who it is, the only reason that they haven't identified them is because you can bet that this whistleblower has some actual conflicts here. We know that he is a registered Democrat, and we know that they've got a professional relationship with one of the current 2020 presidential candidates on the Democrats. I believe that that professional relationship is probably with Joe Biden. And and we're probably going to learn that, uh, you know, this guy has uh, has worked with the previous administration and uh, and is uh, sympathetic, at least, to the Biden campaign. And there's no telling how much deeper all of this goes. New York Times is all of the sudden concerned with keeping state secrets. Now, at any other time, the New York Times would be rushing to print state secrets that are given to them by uh, these deep state leakers. But all of a the sudden, they've decided that they're going to exercise some sort of journalistic integrity and protect the identity of this whistleblower. And I'm telling you, the only reason they're going to do they're, they would do that is because when we find out who this guy is, his credibility is going to be shot. Kim Stossel, uh, writing for the Wall Street Journal, is pointing out that the New York Times at this point is just propaganda. Preserve our constitution. Oh, that's not the clip. Let me see if I can find it here while I, uh, while I try to talk through this. Here we go. Look at this New York Times story that came out and said, oh, my gosh, shock horror. The president asked uh, the Australian uh, leadership (laughs) to work with the Department of Justice into getting to the bottom of what happened in the 2016 election. Okay, let's just be clear. There's nothing inappropriate about the president making that request. There's nothing inappropriate about the secretary of state listening in on calls that the president is making. (laughs) There's absolutely nothing inappropriate about the Department of Justice trying to find out what Jim Comey and and the Australians were up to back in 2016. This is a story about the Department of Justice. But the, the New York Times presented it as oh my gosh, the president is once again doing things to advance his personal political interest. No, this is not personal political interest. This is the exact same thing that we've spent the last two and a half years doing under Bob Mueller, trying to find out what happened in 2016. But having struck out the Democrats with Bob Mueller, they don't want any more questions answered about this. Mm -hmm. And so the New York Times is trying to make it sound as though any of these questions are off limits. And, you know, and, and now this is a story, just as you said, this small pool of people, it's now being reverberated across the cable news stations. And now suddenly there's this argument that it was scandalous that the president uh, is asking someone to cooperate with our Department of Justice. 
I think Democrats are really tempting fate here because, look, first of all, I have infinite faith in the American public that they see through some of the misinformation and misdirection that comes from a lot of the media. The media hasn't helped itself over the past two years and that the average American doesn't trust anything that they put out anymore. So I have faith that they'll see through some of the baloney. I certainly hope so, because what's coming out of the New York Times and the Washington Post and all of these cable talking heads is pure propaganda. They're spinning reality on its head. When when Donald Trump was the subject of all of these uh, these hit pieces, then Donald Trump had an obligation to stand there and shut up and let us investigate him. But now that uh, they have, you know, uh, Bob Mueller's investigation has come up empty, then Donald Trump is just supposed to, uh, you know, continue to um, keep his mouth shut and not look at the the origin of all this stuff. Peter Van Buren, which who is an actual whistleblower, uh, he formerly with the secretary with the uh, State Department, um, talked about how these whistleblowers that are intelligence community operatives are basically uh, using the same tactics that they used uh, in the uh, in the with the steel dossier in this former campaign um, against Trump based on these whistleblower cam- uh, complaints and the this call that Trump had with the Ukrainian president the first complaint surfaced the phone call the full transcript is available online anyone can read it and it's clearly not crazy or frightening it clearly doesn't represent any kind of demand for political quid pro quo or, or anything along those lines what we've seen however is some very clever teeing up of information and kind of a three-way pitch and toss between the democrats the media and what's going on with this so-called whistleblower now there's a second whistleblower that we're led to believe somehow is adding to the narrative but i think what we're is emerging is that the second whistleblower is actually the source for the first whistleblower which means it's all the same thing now this is different than in the kavanaugh case where they sent michael avenatti out to find uh, additional victims wherever he could in this case, there's other lawyers who have taken time off from uh, chasing ambulances to get on Twitter and, and play up their second uh, whistleblower. But in fact, he's simply the source for the first whistleblower. The CIA, this is an old trick. It's called a feedback loop. And essentially what you do is you set up one of your sources to back up another source. They're just engaged in a feedback loop. They're leaking this stuff to the uh, papers. They're citing it in their their uh, whistleblower complaints. They are they are um, referring back to each other's complaints. They're just ginning up. They're they're doing the same tactics that they used to engineer the coup in the Ukraine and the attempted uh, interference in 2016. And all of this is because Donald Trump dared to ask about Donald uh, about Joe Biden's corruption in the Ukraine. The one real journalist that is, uh, has dug deeply into that is John Solomon at the Hill. And he is now reporting that it was way more than $50,000 a month that Hunter Biden was making. Hunter Biden is uh, a name to the Brisbane board and hired. Remember, he makes about 
his company gets about a hundred and sixty-seven thousand dollars a month. Hundred sixty-seven thousand a month. I thought it was fifty thousand a month. Yeah, that's what Joe Biden says, but that's not what the official records of Rosemont Seneca show. I obtained the uh, Rosemont Seneca firm's in internal records from the FBI. They collected them in an unrelated criminal case. They show regular transfers of two $83,333 transfers a month, totaling almost $167,000 a month, going into that account each month from Burisma. That's a lot more than $50,000. They also show that Hunter Biden authorized a $250,000 retainer for the law firm he also worked for. So in addition to having Rosemont Capital, in addition to being a Burisma board member, he also worked for a law firm, and that law firm got a $250,000 retainer. So Hunter Biden and the people around him did very well from Burisma. Those are you want to know why the establishment in Washington is freaking out? It's because the establishment candidate for the Democrats is, uh, is being caught out as being thoroughly up to his uh, neck and corruption in the Ukraine, and before it's all over with, I have no doubt that he's going to be implicated in this uh, this interference in the 2016 presidential election as well. I know he was in the room when a lot of this scheming was going on, but according to Eric Holder, um, Barack Obama's you know attorney general, who was cited in contempt for refusing to. Uh, answer uh, congressional questions related to the Fast and Furious scandal. The, the media thought that was just fine. There's nothing to see here at all. Just move along. Do you think it's reasonable to investigate the uh, Vice President Joe Biden and his son's business ties to Ukraine? That's something that's being called for now. Is that something that was a concern, those ties, during the Obama administration? Oh, not well, at all. I think, you know, the question is, you know, <laughs> Is there a predicate? That's how you do investigations. Is there a predicate? Is there a basis to think that there was something that went wrong, some basis for us to um, order the investigative resources of the United States to be involved? You just don't go out and order an investigation because for political reasons somebody has raised a charge. There has to be some kernel, something there to work with before you order uh, an investigation. And on the basis of what I know, it seems to me that there is not that, uh, there's not that predicate. Oh, there's no predicate. Billion and a half dollars from China. Three million dollars from the Ukraine. A quid pro quo from Joe Biden against a uh, Ukrainian prosecutor? No, nothing to see here. Now, Donald Trump, we can launch a three-year investigation of him based on nothing except for an entrapment conducted by John Brennan. <laughs> Unbelievable what goes on in Washington, D.C. we got to run. we got to run now. And I hope you'll join us back here again tomorrow for another edition of Right Now on the Mojo 5.0 Radio Network. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. Whether you host a nightly dinner party for two or five, keeping your eating and dining area clean helps keep your mind on the dinner party and not on the cleanup afterwards. 
Viva paper towels clean like cloth, trapping splatters and sauces that could become countertop stains or stuck on messes. And they're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. For an exceptional cloth like paper towel, there's Viva. Visit vivatowels.com to soak up the clean feeling of home.